0: When I asked my kids,
1: and I said kids, you remember when I said where would you like to go this summer more than any place in the world, huh? What'd you say?
2: Why?
3: Oh, Hannah.
0: Huh? What did you say?
2: Ohana oh, means family. Family means nobody, nobody
1: gets left behind.
2: Or oh, forgotten.
1: It's Audrey. Remember?
0: Uh, Wally World, Dad?
1: Wally World, Dad. Roy Wally World.
0: Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show.
4: I say this calls for action, and now.
3: Vacation Bible style. Bible style. Bi- 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 vacation Bible style. Bible style. Bi- 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 vacation Bible style. <laughs> wait, 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 wait
4: a wait a Before you even start, was that R.R. rapping Robbie? <laughs>
3: that is. Um, a lot of fun. I'll tell you that when we put these things together. So we kind of, you can kind of tell by that intro, we may be going where no man has gone before, literally, uh, today on the Christian Car Guy Show. I hope you enjoy this question that I'm going to ponder with you. Where does God go on vacation? <laughs> and we got a little tidbit to add into that don't get stuck in the mud. So, yes, where does God go on vacation. Have you ever pondered that? Well, (laughs) I have to tell you, before we get into that, I have to mention that a National Lampoon's vacation, right? Did you notice there that Clark Griswold was asking his kids in front of Mr. Wally, you know, where they wanted to go this summer? And you can see what that might have to do with where... God wants to go. And then, interestingly, his son, Rusty, rather than saying Wally World, which was highly embarrassing because there's Mr. Wally, (laughs) he says Hawaii. (laughs) Well, very critical to today's show is, you know, that Oana means family. No one gets left behind. And I love Stitch's little comment that he makes there because you may remembered that from Lilo and Stitch. Or forgotten, Right. That's a cool thing on vacation, especially when you get a little older and there's those that aren't with you anymore. And so, Wally World, Dad, I mean, this is a situation where we we are right. This still haunts me. I, I actually came out with that vacation Bible style last year, but I still think it's a great question, something to chew on. And so... This year, it just seems like the vacation season's off to a slower start. It doesn't feel like, but here we are the week before the 4th of July, and so for many, many, many people, that means vacation. So what is vacation Bible style? I mean, that's a wonderful question. Where does God go on vacation? So this week... I do another little radio show on Saturdays with my dear friend, Dr. James Banks, who wrote the book Prayers for Prodigals, and his ministry is all about prayer, and that little piece is called Encouraging Prayer. And last week, he he mentioned something, he's mentioned it many times, that it's a really good thing to sometimes in prayer just get in God's presence, whatever that looks like for you, and hang out without any agenda, like just to hang out with God, just hang out. And so this week I really wanted to practice that. He had mentioned it and, and it sounded really fun. So every, those who know me well know I like to crawl up in the father's lap in the morning and I was just hanging out like, you know, here we are, dad. And, and where do you want to go? What do you want to, you know? And so as I was there yesterday morning, literally this happened to me yesterday morning, I, I'm sitting there and this question just pops into my mind. And so before I even had a second to think about it, it came right out of my mouth. I'm like, well, God, Where do you go on vacation? (laughs) (laughs) He got such a twinkle in his eye. You know how when you ask him a question that you can tell he's going to love giving you the answer? And and I could see that that was exactly the case. And, And he says, well, Robbie, you know when I went on vacation. Think about it. It's right there. Go look it up. Go study it. And, and he just knew that immediately I, it was like he told me the Holy Spirit said, oh, yeah, it's in Genesis 2, 2, right? The seventh day, God finished all his work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Here we have God on vacation, all right? So what what does that look like? So knowing me, yeah, you know, God knew I would jump into that word rested. And I bet a lot of people out there know that in Hebrew that word is Shabbat, or you might have heard it called a Sabbath. And so there's some sounds in there that would give us some clues to those letters, which would give us clues to what's inside the word of Shabbat, which means rest in Hebrew. And the first letter, that s- s- sound that you hear, is, is called a shin. And I knew, I've known this for some time, but I never have put it together. <laughs> until yesterday morning, actually, that in the ancient, the way that The way that Moses himself wrote that letter, he wrote it to look like a tooth, okay? And and the way that it's written in today's Hebrew, it looks like fire, and it's in the word fire, but it also has to do with a tooth. And so I was just pondering, what does a tooth have to do with vacation? What does fire have to do with vacation? What to a tooth and fire have in common. And so, you know, my little pre pea brain, I begin to pray, God, where what where am I going? What is it? What is this? And the Holy Spirit says, Robbie, you know this, that both fire and teeth oxidize fuel. When you chew your food, especially if you're a sheep, and we happen to be, right? Sheep chew the cud, and that's part of what makes them clean. And so is there just chewing. Now they have stopped eating. They're no longer bringing food into their mouth, okay? And this has everything to do with Shabbat. So now we've brought in the food. Now we're going to rest and we're going to begin to oxidize the food that we've already taken in. And we're going to chew on it. (laughs) Well, fire does the same thing, right? It chews on wood. It burns it right up. But it's fuel. And when you think about what rest is supposed to refuel you. I mean, this is a perfect, it's, 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 oh yeah. So, oh God, as I started to think about that, like you were like fueling on what you'd done, the fruit of everything that you'd done in creation, like checking out how cool is the Big Dipper and and like, man, how amazing is the Grand Canyon? And so I could just see you, God, you're, you're like, Hey, Jesus, Adam. Let's go check out the Grand Canyon, man. I mean, this thing is awesome. You know, or you, you just picture them heading off like that and when you think about that group of of you know, of, uh, people there, that is the second letter in Shabbat, right? That's a bet. And that bet has to do with the household of God. And so when you when you hear that b, b sound, it's in the word abba b, that, you know, because abba that B has to do with family. And so it's in the word son, which is Ben in Hebrew. And so you here you have the father and the son and, of course, Adam, you know, the other kid, and, and the Holy Spirit are all off on this adventure. They're chewing on, you know, what it is that they have just created. I mean, this is beyond cool, Jerry.
4: Rob, you got a lot to chew on right there, I'll tell you that now. <laughs>
3: And so you can sit there, you know, like a sheep, and you can ruminate on the um, and, 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 then, and then the third letter is fantastically beautiful. It is called a tav, and it's the last letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And so when Jesus showed up in the book of Revelation, since we know he spoke Hebrew, he said, I'm the alpha, and I am the tav. That's the last, I'm the, I'm the end of the alphabet. And that means that letter is a picture of the truth. Now, Since Jesus is the word and Jesus is the truth, see, they were not only chewing on what they had created, they knew the whole story, and they were chewing, they were chewing, okay? Just like, oh, baby, this is just in resting and fueling, okay? So as we picture this beautiful picture of what vacation Bible style might have looked like this first vacation. We think about, don't get stuck in the mud. Well, what is mud? Well, that's Adama, okay? That's the stuff we're made out of. <laughs> we were made from dust, right? And so our flesh, we get kind of stuck in the mud, which is what when John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress. So you might guess that we have another episode of Christian Car Guy Theater, which has to do with the slew of despond, which is the mud that Valiant's going to be stuck in. But it also has everything to do with your vacation story, because quite often... You're like, Robbie, you get stuck in the mud rather than chewing on the book <laughs> are you, stuff. Are you picturing kind of what it is? So I want to tell this story, and we want you to think about your stories. When my daughter was 14 years old, I had this great idea. I, was just, I wanted to go on an adventure with my family, and I wanted to rent a sailboat, a big sailboat, like 30 feet out of Tampa Bay. And I thought my daughter would just love this. I knew my wife would. She loves the water. But she didn't.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, sailboats are boring to some people because, you know, they just kind of go with the wind. All right? So when we come back, we're going to get a little stuck in the mud, but you're going to see that our help comes from the Lord. Psalm 121 just like it did for a
0: Christian.
2: The mate was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. The weather
0: started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. The minnow would be lost. The ship's a-ground on the shore of
3: So, so. where does god go on vacation and don't get stuck in the mud when we left our hero you might could kind of relate to the song that was playing there that we were on this sailing vacation (laughs) well she's singing that song a lot i mean just just humming along (laughs) the thought never crossed her mind till later on in the adventure so (laughs) off and 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 she was so bored and you you know A 14-year-old has expectations on vacation, okay? And her father was not understanding this. I thought I have arranged the most amazing vacation for my 14-year-old. And she hated it. I mean, she would, you know, come out on the deck and she would just, oh, she would just. And, of course, I was not hearing her because I was you know, this should be the greatest thing ever. Here you are. How could you not, you know, refuel? How could you not digest? How could you not chew on the beauty of the Tampa Bay and all this stuff? And no, she was bored, blah, 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 blah. But here sits a a wonderful lesson in how I get mad and I begin to rage in order to try to take control. Like, you're going to have fun whether you like it or not. Just like, just like Chevy Chase. And if you remember after he tied his, his aunt to the roof and all this stuff, and he said, You know you're gonna have fun, whether you you know. And this is the kind of the the situation is I'm raging. But it speaks so much to what's going on right now. Is if I had listened to her and tried to empathize with her, then I could have helped her mourn the loss of her expectations. And because blessed are those who mourn to be comforted. Or rather than mourning with her, I raged, right? And so what happened? was she kept turning up the volume just like any child if, if some hurt people hurt people and so if I, you're not hearing me i'm going to keep turning up the volume until you hear me and so she was turning up the volume and her mother was getting involved and we were stuck in the mud on this vacation until our help came from the lord we were on you know the, the out into the ocean we'd gotten out of the bay and we got a call from the guy we'd rented the sailboat from. He says, you need to get in. There's a bad storm coming. And we couldn't see a storm where we were. And he goes, it's bad. And don't try to sail through it. You need to take down the sails because the wind's going to be like 60 miles an hour. And so you need to get in. And I'm like, okay. 10-4.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <Ten four. laughs>
3: so this was the most amazing thing I ever saw. We, we, if you've ever seen the bridge that goes over the Tampa Bay, it's a beautiful thing. It's a toll bridge. And when we were on the one side of it, the sky was blue. It was wonderful. It's a pretty big bridge. When we got on the other side of that bridge, it was like, oh my word, it was a hurricane. I've I mean, we came out of the under the bridge. I was taking down the sails per what the man said, thank goodness. Because I mean, you could not see it was raining so hard, and the waves were up coming over the bow of the boat. So as soon as we could cross the bridge, my daughter and my wife were out on the and this wave comes over, washes Tammy's towels. Your beautiful red Ray's Body Shop towel that she loved. like there. I've never heard the end of I Lost That Towel, okay? (laughs) And they just started to freak out, and I started to freak out too because there were a lot of rocks over on the left-hand side, and there was a buoy that you had to find in order to get back, and it was raining so hard you couldn't see, and I couldn't get the compass on the heading I needed in order to find the buoy. So my daughter comes down into the cabin of the boat and she's sitting there with the mother do I need to call my friends and tell them I'm not going to meet see ever see him again cuz these waves are you know <laughs> coming over the front of the boat <laughs> like and crashing you know she not realizing that sailboats are self draining you know they but this was really scary to her and I wasn't un, unafraid because I couldn't figure out where I was and I knew there were rocks over on the left side of us that we could crash on so eventually I have to send those two out on the bow to try to find the buoy because I can't see it for the rain. And I'm like, Tammy, Mariah, put on your life jackets and carefully, carefully go out on the bow. And you have got to look for this buoy because if we don't find the buoy, we are going to crash and it's going to be like big, (laughs) horrible. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Now, while you're chewing on this story a minute, was Mariah any longer bored?
4: Wright <laughs> took over at that point, I believe.
3: <laughs> I may not have heard my daughter, but God did, and uh, you know she will still tell you that she hated the the vacation, except that part of the adventure where we lived through the storm, where the weather started getting rough, the tiny ship was tossed. <laughs> if not for the courage of the fearless crew, (laughs) right? You get the whole picture. It was like, God totally saved my bacon on that deal. And that that vacation, which looked absolutely horrible, now is one of the legendary, you know, (laughs) like Clark Griswold going to see Wally World kind of thing, you know, where it's just amazing how God pulls your bacon out of the fire, Jerry.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, you're telling that story and stuff. It, You know, and, and and the thing is, as you going into the beginning of the story, in in our mind and in, in your mind, and I, I've been there also, where you just think I've got the perfect plan, I've got the perfect <laughs> vacation, then all of a sudden you realize, yeah, in your mind that would have been the perfect vacation for for me, and not really thinking about, okay, that's uh, probably not the the. I mean, I've taken Myra and Taylor to tours of battleships and stuff or any I love history and so I mean, to me that's a great vacation. You get on there and you start looking, <laughs> they'll say, Man, you have to look at everything, every nut and bolt, you know, and it's and they're so frustrated the time we anything like that that has history, to me, oh, wasn't that great? And they're looking at me like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd have climbed out of the electric chair to to take that tour <laughs> or not. You know, I mean it's uh, wasn't quite as much fun for them.
3: But I'll tell you there's no giving them the pride that they felt when they found that buoy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they were like, they saved our dad. There is that we made it. There it is. Can you see it? And and we were off course, but they spotted it and it did, you know, and so they took all kinds of pride in the fact that, that they essentially were instrumental in saving the the minnow from being lost, you know? So what's your story, you know, where God gave you something out of the ashes whatever that looked like or maybe it was just the ultimate chewing vacation we would love to hear it 866-348-7884 where does god go on vacation and it might be a wild one so hey we'd love to hear it 866-348-7884 so much more coming up christian car theater oh it's such a good episode
0: oh ho, stuck in the mud You're listening to The Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com.
3: Vacation Bible Style. Bible Style. Vacation Bible Style. Bible Style. Vacation Bible Style. Yeah. <laughs> so, come oh, <good> on, rapper. <laughs> <laughs> so, where does God go on vacation? Don't get stuck in the mud today on the Christian Car Guy show. And, and I need to tell you before I get into everything else that Amy Cabo's show, The Cure, is coming on at one o'clock today. And she has James Beverly with us. And they're going to be talking about God with grit and determination and that is a live show this is a wonderful lady she's been through so much it's another opportunity for you to call in and share what you're going through with grit and determination today at one o'clock so we ask for stories where you might have gotten stuck in the mud or perhaps you've just had a chance to chew on things we got jim is in richmond virginia calling in and he too apparently is a sailor so i'm very excited about this (laughs) Jim, you're on the Christian car guy slash sail guy. Uh, <laughs> good morning.
2: Ahoy there, buddy. Hey, hey, I'm really not a sailor since 19—never uh, mind. That's, it was my first couple years of sailing. I've had a 22-foot Morgan. Wow. Uh, I was on Deltaville, uh, Virginia, off of the Chesapeake Bay, off the Piankatank P- P- River area. I went into the Chesapeake Bay. And it was a sum, it was a nice summer sailing day. Uh, we were out sailing with my my uh, my dog out in the bow, my wife in the back. She does not like sailing that much, but uh, we were newly married, and uh, she made it quite clear if we ever had children, that would be it. No more sailing.
3: <laughs> my wife and, did exactly. You uh, you you're telling my story, but go ahead go
2: ahead i'm sorry and, and so uh and it took, so we were out sailing and it was a great sail and all of a sudden i just noticed the water started. uh what happened basically in a nutshell uh, the uh a perfect storm occurred uh, a storm from the from the land met with a storm from this from the water and when it joined the waves just it just started churning like crazy and and became huge waves over the flowing. And the boat was healing tremendously over, and uh, I had to sail, and I knew I had to get the sails down, and my dog was up at the front. And all of a sudden, uh, we had to, literally, uh, I had to cut the lantern so the sail would come down. Oh, wow. I couldn't get it. So it came, the boom came crashing down onto the deck. My dog was up there. I don't know what in the world happened to him. He was smart enough, he went through the through the hatch up front. And then my <laughs> wife and I we were Good just man. at the mercy of the waves. They were horrible. It's a twenty two footer. We were tossed to and fro. Uh I immediately we looked at each other. We just looked and we said we were it was bad. And we just gave it to the God. We just said, God because we're you know, we're we love the Lord. We love Jesus and we just knew that He was in control of the seas and the storms. He creates them and He can calm them. And we just asked them, please, God, please help us through this, because we were tossed and thrown all over the place. The water was coming in; uh, it was just tough. And and it was documented that that particular storm, four boats went over, so uh, that the Coast Guard had to take and rescue people. That's but we were a, we, we we survived. And a
3: twenty-two, and when foot we got
2: back, wow. it was a twenty-two, and when we got back, uh, everyone at the marina saw us coming in, we looked like a. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. <laughs> you, you, we were t- we were torn up, complete. You know, we were right, we were just we were just unstruck. So and, what kind uh, of what kind of the,
3: motor did you have that you obviously that was an
2: Evanrode. That was an Evanrode in the back. That Evanrode was worthless. That Evanrode didn't do anything. It just turned because it was constantly right. pushed out of the water. You right. know,
3: so it was what well, five, five horsepower now, or something. Was
2: like no, yeah, six and a half. It just didn't do anything. And uh, I tell you, the Morgans an amazing boat. It's, uh, you know, if you know anything about I sailboats. Do. It's, it's, and it's, I do. It's, and you it's now have my show.
3: respect. Morgans have more respect than I've ever had. That's phenomenal. Yeah,
2: we ended up getting a 30-foot Morgan, and like I said, my wife made it quite clear. And then, <laughs> miraculously, we were told we couldn't have children. And as oh. you know, it's hard to get rid of a boat. And uh, my wife found out that she was pregnant. I went to the marina on a cold, cold, damp November day, and uh, went to the went to the broker and said, "Hey, listen, the NS three is on the market." And it was a well uh, documented uh, uh, craft down there; that everyone knew about it. And by the time I got home, it was sold.
3: That's yeah, that's <laughs> a sign, isn't it? And I and I'm curious when you point. guys look back on your adventure. And you chew on that particular um, storm for which you were tested. It sounds like to me, could I be wrong, that that's now part of your testimony, something that you hold down close to your heart, you know, where God kind of saved
2: your bacon? Oh, we share it a lot. When it happened, we... In our church, and we went to a pretty big, large church, and everyone was excited about our adventure and what we went through, because we told them in detail how we. My, my wife's a prayer warrior, and she just said, "Jim, calm down." <laughs> you know, really? I'm the one who's going crazy Not because bad. I had to, you know. Yeah. And she didn't realize how serious it was, but I did. <laughs> and then, and you know, the dog was smart. He got up out, and we found him down below, all the way up the bow underneath. Shaking like a leaf, too. You know, and he was a water dog. I mean, it, it was just scary. Uh, I, we mainly put on our life vests, of course, and uh, but uh, it was just, just. I just looked at my wife, and I'm going, "Oh my God, I'm, we might drown. You know, yeah. we might just lose it here. You know." Uh, and that storm was powerful, but yes, yeah, it, it established a lot, but it, but it did, it did enforce the fact that. No more sailing for us if we got children <laughs> for her. Okay? That's it. That was Thank it. You, okay?
3: Thank you for calling and, in, And
2: Jim. you don't—and you really—yeah, I just wanted to share it. It was a great—it was a scary moment. At the same time, it was a moment of showing the greatness of our God. Yeah, know? it was. That's and uh, we serve a mighty God, and uh, great. I love listening to your show. Keep it up. And uh, I'm a 96 Roadmaster master. Wagon, oh, driver. oh, that's my main oh, car. That's okay, my main car, and I love that car to death. And I'm sure you know why.
3: I, I do. Like, man, my, okay, dad, my dad, would be proud. God bless. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> God
2: Thank bless you, sir. Bye,
3: bye, oh, Jerry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we knew all the stories that were out there of of how many times God to the rescue in in, in so many different ways, it's 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 just phenomenal. But,
4: yeah, you look back and, and you, you know you hear somebody tell that story, then you start seeing how God pieced it all together. Boy, when you're in the middle of it, I, that, I love the part, Yeah, of course, we put the life jackets on. I know God is going to get me through a situation <laughs> like that, but he's going to do it with that life jacket, that's for sure.
3: That's like putting your mask on, yeah. you know, okay, well, we're gonna, you know, as the case may be. So Andrea, while we were on the break, Andrea from South Carolina called, and she didn't have time to stay on to share her story, but she did want to share that her and her husband one time were on vacation. They lost their luggage and they thought, oh, this, here we go, we're in the mud. But as it turned out, as she described to my producer, Beth Ann, that it was the best vacation ever. The freedom of not having any luggage, she said, worry about it. <laughs> However, that worked out, you know, but it's a beautiful thing how often, you know, what we think is the end of the deal was actually help coming from the Lord to save our bacon. Yeah.
4: You know, in our own minds, we can at least I'll speak for myself. I'll have everything planned out and the way I want things to go and what I think's the perfect vacation or the perfect trip or the perfect stop. And most of the time when I think it's perfect, those around me realize it's not perfect in their (laughs) mind. And and then when things start kind of crumbling or not going the way you think, and then you just sort of turn it over to God and you sort of, you know, sort of back. We talk about the Sabbath. What is that about? It's just really just releasing and not having an agenda. Just 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 okay, God, it's in your hands. Yeah, okay. we were
3: talking about the, the significance of the guy. Of course, we're talking about a vacation here, but I don't want anybody to miss that that happens every six days. You get a seventh, okay? And and it's all about chewing, but it's all about family. Why do you think we come together on a Sunday? And when I think of my own life on my most significant breakthroughs, in my faith happened like up against sin, up against, you know, my faith to begin with, all happened as a result of a dear brother or sister who was transparent enough to share with me struggles that they were going through. And so I could see the availability of Jesus in those struggles. and, And that's why we come together as family. Ohana means family. And and the body of Christ is all about that, Jerry.
4: Yeah, and, and you know, probably the worst one of the worst things we can do as far as not letting our light shine and and sort of dampen the spirit is when we just don't share how God has impacted us in a situation, especially when it's a situation where we see somebody else going through something very similar, and we can say, you know what, I, I may not know exactly how you feel, but I think I got a pretty good idea and this is what God did for me during that situation.
3: So You know, Plymouth Valiant is on vacation. It's Plymouth Progress. He's coming up. I hate we don't have time for more calls, but I think you'll see that this stuck-in-the-mud adventure, his help comes, and it's it's really coming.
0: You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.
3: Now time for Christian Carguy Theatre with today's episode, The Plymouth Progress, Episode 4. The Plymouth Progress is purposefully and completely based on John Bunyan's classic, The Pilgrim's Progress. Today's episode 4 is at ChristianCarGuy.com. Both is a podcast with episodes 1, 2, and 3, so you can easily catch up with the series, but also you can find a follow along of the original book. For today's episode and more importantly the scripture references that go along with today's episode those scriptures help greatly in the interpretation of the Plymouth progress jimmy next saw in his dream that plymouth valiant was left to spin his wheels in the mega mud puddle of despond all alone but still he endeavored to struggle to that side of the mud puddle that was still further from his own garage and next to the narrow turnpike that he did but he couldn't get out because of the luggage that was upon his rack But Jimmy beheld in his dream that a vehicle came
0: to him. It was a Hudson pickup named Help. Son, I say, son. What are you throwing so much mud around for? You're losing, I say, a losing ground, boy. I was bid to go this way. That's a joke, son. Don't you get it? A losing? I say, a losing ground. Why aren't you laughing, boy? Help's my name and help is my game. I'm here to help you, boy. Uh, yes, well,
1: as I was saying, I was bid to go this way by an etzel called evangelist, who directed me also to yonder narrow turnpike, that I might escape the wrath to
0: come. And as I was going thither, I fell in here, unfortunately. Bridge. I say a bridge, son. Why didn't you look for the bridge? Or was that not in the cards? That's a joke, son. I say a joke. Went right past you, didn't it? Bridge, cards. You need to pay attention, boy. Oh, brother. Fear followed me so hard that I fell in. Help, help, I say, that's what I'm here for. Here, take this chain and hook it to your bumper. Hmm, I expected, I say, a chain reaction. Pay attention, son, I said pay attention. Am I going too fast for you? And so Hudson helped the pickup towed Valiant out of the mega mud puddle
3: and set him on solid ground and bid him go on his way. Then Jimmy, still in his dream,
0: seemed to be amazed by this Hudson pickup and went to talk to him. Oh-a-dee-da-doo-da-doo-da-dee-doo-daa-doo-daa-mega-mud-puddle doo da doo mega mud puddle 5 miles long, oh the doo da day. Wow! A real Hudson pickup! I've only heard about trucks like this, but I didn't think any still existed. Ah, uh, Mr. Help, is it? I'm just wondering if you could tell me why, since this mega-mud-puddle is in the way of the road from the City of Destruction to the narrow turnpike, why haven't the road crews fixed it that poor vehicles might go through with more security? Boy, I say boy! Your druthers is my ruthers. This mega mud puddle is lower than a snake full of buckshot. I mean, a possum pie. I mean, this drain is a draining down from the outhouse, boy. And that, sure enough, oozes the conviction of sin and runs till the cows come home. Are you getting all this? Am I going to too fast for you, boy? And so, it's a call, the mega, I say, the mega mud puddle of despond. What a sludge comes a running. I sin, I say sin gets under your skin, sort of like a, sort of like a tattoo, boy. So much sin, and yep, those boys are as lost as last year's Easter egg. Their soul gets tore up, I say tore up, boy. Many fears and doubts and discouraging apprehensions, which all of them get together and mix up this opossum pie a quagmire. I say a quagmire and shoo-wee. Well, Mr. Help, I think I'm tracking with you, and I agree it sure stinks. But what possible purpose could it serve? Counter, I say, counterfeit pilgrims, boy. Kind of like that pliable character. Why, he's more mixed up than a feather in a whirlwind. Didn't know whether he was coming or going. He thinks he's out of the mud, but he's stuck in it further than ever. Sinking sand, actually. You hear what I'm saying, boy? He's sinking more than ever. (laughs) Huh, that was quick, quick sand. I I made a funny, boy. Are you paying attention? I don't hear you laughing. Now, Jimmy saw in his dream that by this time, Prius Pliable was got to his house again,
3: so that his neighbors came out to visit him, and some of them called him a wise man for coming back, and some called him a fool for hazarding himself with Plymouth Valiant. Others again did mock at his cowardliness,
0: old Oldsmobile
3: obstinate saying,
0: I knew you were on the spin cycle Air Pliable, but it appears when the going gets tough, the fluff are foregoing. <laughs> hey, I made that up myself. Good one, eh? Huh? So
3: Pliable set out sneaking among them, but at last he got more confidence, and then at about that time they turned their tails and began to insult Per Valiant behind his back. I know,
1: I know. That, that's what I'm telling you. I mean, that, that Valiant... He thinks he has ESP or something, (laughs) you know, extra sensitive perception. (laughs) Well, now he's seeing mud you see is mud you get. (laughs) Oh boy, it took forever to get that mud off off my carpet in my car and I was so upset, finally got it clean.
3: Tune in soon for the next exciting adventure in A Plymouth Progress. Now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy
0: Radiator to review today's episode. Uh-huh, Randy, lost in the mega mud puddle of the spawn, like last year's Easter egg. I'll bet that was the one Colonel Sanders was supposed to paint. <laughs> oh, Danny,
1: I I know, I know. They didn't find it because it wasn't decorated, Danny. <laughs> Old soldiers never die. D-Y-E. <laughs> I see what you did there. You're getting pretty good at this, Danny. Old soldier, Colonel Sanders, die and die. <laughs> But, but seriously, Danny. The five people at Christine Car Guy Theater gave me a lollapalooza amount of dialogue to wrap this episode up. But listen closely, because it's all good. So here goes, Danny. Sin does ooze filth that we can get lost in, as Hudson Help said, like a feather in the whirlwind. What looks up maybe down. <laughs> oh, I can't help myself, Danny. Up, down feathers down feathers Danny. <laughs> but but really Danny I mean that our tires may head for the narrow turnpike but can still slide us off into the mud unless Jesus gives us feet like a deer in in Psalms 1833 and Isaiah 353 God will encourage those with weak knees oh boy Danny I have weak knees let me tell you <laughs> And, and that's how Plymouth Valiant survived the mega mud puddle of the spawn, Danny. Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. For where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord that made Heaven and Earth. <laughs> well, mud in this case, Danny. <laughs> Danny. Danny. Wake up, Danny. I, I'm almost done. I know this is a long wrap-up to this episode, but it gets better. You know, the word despond means to lose confidence. To think no help is coming. Completely stuck in the mud. That's why John Bunyan named the character Help, Help. (laughs) When we are stuck in the mud, we have to lift our eyes and watch. And Hornet Help is coming to help. I say, I say help,
0: boy. Uh Randy, maybe Pliable should have put lipstick on his head that to help him make up his mind.
1: <laughs> hey Danny, I got a good one for you. What has four wheels and flies? A garbage truck. Hey, see, Danny, it has flies. Not not that the truck can fly, but that's a little insect. <laughs> oh, here's one, Danny. How do you fix a broken tuba? With a tuba glue! Oh boy, daddy! Say goodbye,
3: Daddy. See you later, Radiator. Once again, we want to tell you that if you want to catch up on a Pilgrim's Progress, listen to the previous episodes, you can go to christiancarguy.com and there see episodes one, two, and three as well as today in another podcast. There is another nugget from today's show that I wanted to share that John Bunyan had in this amazing story that Psalm 121, which is basically where he got the slew of spawn and your help comes from the Lord, when you look at that psalm, it's one of the psalms of ascent, and it means steps to step up. What I missed in the actual slew of Despond from the book until this morning was that those steps are like the psalms that he's talking about to look up, that clearly John Bunyan knew that he was going to use Psalm 121 and the steps that he referred to that help describe we called a bridge in our episode to be put on solid ground, which is Jesus. He is the word, and so if you get into the word, you'll find Jesus, and there you're gonna find
0: solid ground. Now remember, son, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. Are you paying attention? You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.
1: Did my life make a difference? Hi, I'm Karen Mulder with today's Caring Wisdom. Consider telling someone this week that they have made or are making a difference in your life. One way to do this is to write an I remember note. Here's an example. Dear Ricky, I remember, and then I use bullet points. I remember you made blueberry muffins and visited a local nursing home each week for years. I remember you would bring our family kettles of oxtail or bean soup. And I remember that although you've had much sadness in your life, you've always remained positive and loving and always giving. You have made a difference in my life. Thank you. Love, Karen. Consider writing an I Remember letter this week. God bless.
0: Visit Karen's website,
2: wisdomofthewounded.com, for additional resources on how to care well.